Be still and know that God is here. Be still and know that God is here. Be still and know that God is here. In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen. Jesus said to them, Follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. 23 words. 23 words. That's all it took our storyteller from the gospel according to Mark this morning to paint an urgent, compelling, contagious narrative that would change the lives of those who heard it first and now, centuries later, chains ours as well. For there is always light, if only we are brave enough to see it, if only we are brave enough to be it. 23 words. 23 words as well. Words that we heard for the first, but surely not the last time, this past Wednesday at the presidential inauguration offered so eloquently by 22-year-old Harvard graduate social activist and now youngest inaugural poet in U.S. history, Amanda Gorman, in her beautiful poem, The Hill We Climb. Oh, how I wish these two orators could meet and compare notes. What a rich conversation I suspect it would be. A young, brilliant poet living in Los Angeles today whose work focuses on issues of oppression, feminism, race, and marginalization, as well as the African diaspora. And the gospel writer of Mark, known for his terse but also strong staccato style, Mark's gospel, the shortest and we believe the earliest of the four gospels, presumably written during the decade preceding the destruction of Jerusalem in 17 current time, is more simple and more direct in his style than the eloquent alliterations of Gorman's work. But they share a focus on movement and urgency. Fun fact, the gospel writer of Mark uses the word immediately 39 times. Put side by side, these two short collections of phrases present us with an exquisite invitation here in the middle of the season of Epiphany, a time when we look for the light to guide us forward, to reveal the path leading us home to our better selves, as well as a deeper connection with God. In both, I hear an invitation to begin something new and to do so by following in the gospel, it is the call to follow Jesus. In Gorman's poem, it feels like a call to follow the light inside of us, pulling us forward toward a brighter, kinder, clearer day ahead. So what does it mean to follow? And how does that word help and or maybe challenge all of us as we turn to a, collect a collective corner and start something new this season? Being a follower has never been easy for me in any real, really in any aspect of my life. I have long wrestled with many basic and ancient Christian terms and concepts, including following. 
but I think it's worth wrestling today. The heart of the struggle for me is the conflict I have experienced when I come up against a teaching that doesn't appear to embrace all of who I think I am being called to be. My upbringing, my formal education, my cultural context and location have made it hard to consider dropping everything in order to follow anyone or anything, let alone Jesus. There is something in my very nature that wants to weigh the options, understand the consequences, make informed and pragmatic decisions. I've been known to make a pros list and a cons list from time to time, and I feel best when there is clear and a decisive action that I can take pending a decision. Even as I desire to live, as mystic Thomas Merton describes, an undivided life, embracing my most authentic self, I suspect that if Jesus popped in right here and was standing next to me, I am sure I could come up with some pretty convincing excuses of why I couldn't possibly drop everything, stop fishing, or whatever I was doing in order to follow him. Or could I? Could you? Could we? What would it take? And why would that matter? Do we dismiss the radical possibility out of hand because it sounds ludicrous? Because starting something so radically different than what we are accustomed to just seems like an impossibility? Well, I was reminded earlier this week that change can happen overnight, even if our circumstances stay the same. Collectively, we watched the events of the inauguration as person, by person, oath by oath, song by song, and after an evening of music and fireworks, we seem to collectively herald in a genuinely new reality. We woke up Thursday morning and really nothing around us had changed. We are still facing into the tragic reality of over 400,000 American lives have been lost to COVID. Racism, Poverty, immigration, prison reform, climate change are all still demanding our attention and action. And yet, and yet and still, something feels different, doesn't it? Something feels new. Now, let's be clear, before we go any further down this path, I am certainly not comparing Jesus to Amanda Gorman, though perhaps Jesus wouldn't mind. Instead, I am just saying that both sets of 23 words are imploring us to get unstuck. And one way to do that is to drop some stuff, to let go of things we might be clinging to, to move away from anything that keeps us scared or divided, and instead to embrace the possibility that the work before us is good and it is ours to do. So this week, I invite us to think about the things that we need to drop and maybe just stop doing altogether. Are there patterns or beliefs or behaviors that just don't work for us anymore? Are we acting and speaking in ways that truly reflect what we believe? And are we making excuses instead or remaining in old patterns? Are we exercising our power and our positions and our privilege in the world 
for the sake of the gospel. The older I get, the more I am convinced that the second half of our lives are lived most faithfully when we are committed to attending to the work of answering these kinds of questions in our daily lives. It is the work of attending to our inner landscape, our soul work. It is the work of building up our spiritual muscles so we connect more deeply with others and stand alongside people we might otherwise forget or dismiss or ignore. It is work looking for the light inside of each person. When we can summon the courage to step into that place, embracing our stories and our hurts and our joys and our fears, our doubts, and then seek out others to connect with, then we start discovering what it means to be a follower. This morning, I hear the invitation to follow as actually challenging and empowering, not the reverse. The invitation to follow these days will take real courage because it is nothing short of an invitation to get really real, to get real with ourselves and real in a time that has become so cynical and jaded over the last four years. The path to discipleship is a path about attending to what is right here in front of us, here and now. It is a path both inward into our deepest selves and then a path leading us boldly out into the world, risking our comfort at times for the sake of a greater good, for a greater love. So now when I think today about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, I am finally certain it has little to do with being meek and mild. And instead, it has everything to do with growing stronger or more and more willing to stand up, to speak out, to risk whatever it takes to put God's love in the center of my life and our life in everything that we say and that we do. And I am wondering if that means in part that Jesus implores all of us to listen more carefully than ever before to hear the words of encouragement that we need to hear. Maybe today, Jesus would say some of these things this way to us. Follow me and share the way of love that will not accept inhumane treatment of refugee and immigrant children. Follow me and share your intolerance for words or behaviors that justify white supremacy. Follow me and share in the work of reversing the devastating effects of pollution and climate change. Follow me and share the way of love that means working tirelessly to break down barriers of racism and classism and xenophobia, homophobia, transphobia, ableism, and sexism. Follow me. Follow me and share the way of love that celebrates each and every person refusing to marginalize, patronize, demonize, and toss aside any individual. Follow me. Maybe today, may today be the day that we step into the invitation to believe in beginnings and to follow the way of love. I want to end today with a charge for us all, a kind of commissioning, a kind of inauguration, if you will, as we enter this new season of light and hope and hard work. 
wherever you are at home right now, to the extent that you are able, I want to invite you to stand up and receive this charge. This comes from Ted Loder's wonderful poem prayer called, I Believe in Beginnings. God of history and of our hearts, so much has happened to us during this extended season of separation. We've known death and we've known birth. We've been brave and we've been scared. We've been hurt, we've helped. We've been honest, we've lied. We've destroyed, we've created. We've been with people and we've been very lonely. We've been loyal and we've been betrayed. We've decided and we've waffled. We've laughed and we've cried. You know our frail hearts and our frayed stories. And now another day, a new day, begins. Oh God, help us to believe in beginnings and in our beginning again, no matter how often we've failed before. Help us to make beginnings, to begin going out of our weary mind in fresh dreams, daring to make our own bold tracks in the land of now. Begin forgiving that we may experience mercy, to begin questioning the unquestionable so that we may know truth, to begin disciplining that we may create beauty, to begin sacrificing that we may accomplish justice, to begin risking that we make peace, to begin loving that we may realize joy. Help us to be a beginning to others, to be a singer to the songless, a storyteller to the aimless, a befriender of the friendless, to become a beginning of hope for the despairing, of assurance for the doubting, of reconciliation for the divided, to become a beginning of freedom for the oppressed, of comfort for the sorrowing, of friendship for the forgotten, to become a beginning of beauty for the forlorn, of sweetness for the soured, of gentleness for the angry, of wholeness for the broken, of peace for the frightened, and violent of the earth. Help us to believe in beginnings, to make a beginning, to be a beginning, so that we may not just grow old, but grow new each day of this wild, amazing life. You call us to live with the passion of Jesus Christ. My friends, for there is always light, if only we are brave enough to see it, if only we are brave enough to be it. May it be so.